Andrew Womack Ministries presents this session from the 2014 Karis Bible College Campus Days. We pray that the Word of God will come alive in your heart as you listen. If you could quickly take your seats. We are ready to begin. And you know, I have about 10 more announcements, but I'm not going to do them. Um, you know, you just have to figure some of this out on your own, okay? Just follow the, follow the herd in and out and uh, come on in. Again, just pay attention to the bells, and when you see people starting to come in, uh, that's your cue uh, to return back to the classroom. But um, it is an honor and a privilege to introduce the next speaker, the, the president and founder of Karis Bible College, Andrew Womack. Thanks, Gary. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Well, it's exciting to see all of the people here uh, today. Praise the Lord. How many of you, I know that Gary already asked this, but I was sitting on the front row and couldn't see. How many of you are visitors here at our campus days? Wow. Well, welcome. I believe that this is going to be a supernatural time for you this week. I really do. I've been very, very excited about it. Of course, this is the very first campus days that we've ever held in our new facility. And so we're glad for you to come and see this. I know that many of you are probably partners who gave and helped uh, accomplish this. And again, I just want to say thank you so much. We did this debt free, which is a praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I was figuring out this is nearly a $32 million project. Now that's not only this building, but that's, we've done over $11 million worth of infrastructure on this property and we've prepared for our phase two. And so uh, altogether nearly 32 million and we have like 600 students right now. So that's, uh, what is that? $55,000 per person, is that right? But anyway, it's a bunch. And you know what? We didn't raise tuition and our partners provided this just for our students so that they could receive. And I forget the exact figures this year. I think we're at 500. Uh, I think Gary's gone, so I'm not sure anybody here knows this for sure, but 500 and something that are registered for the campus days. And last year we had 360. So I think we're, we're close to 200 more. And um, anyway, our future for Karis Bible College is just really bright. I think that uh, we could easily have uh, certainly over 700, maybe 800 next year, which is already gonna start filling up this place. And so we've got a phase two planned and uh, it's dependent upon a number of things, not only finances, but of course, that's always one of the issues. But uh, phase two, we plan on starting in August and being finished by August of 2016. And um, we could finish quicker than that if we had all of the money and everything that we needed, but uh, that's the schedule right now. And uh, at the rate that we've been growing by 2016, August, we're gonna need every bit of it. So anyway, it's a, it's a great start. Praise God for what he's done. And I believe that 
If the Lord tarries, I think decades from now, long after I'm gone, that this is just going to be something that has impacted the world. I wish we had time. I'm going I'm to start ministering the word. That's what I'm anointed to do. But hopefully sometime during this week, we will be able to give you a better impression of what God is doing here because it's supernatural. I mean, it is absolutely miraculous. And we've got things happening all over the world because of what has started here. And those of you who are considering coming and being a part of it, I tell you what, it's, it's an exciting place to be. If you come in here discouraged, it's hard to leave that same way. It really is. I mean, you hear the praise and worship and things like this and all of the instructors, and it's just a healthy, healthy place to be. So uh, again, I'm gonna be sharing the word here, but I just wanna encourage you that I think God brought you here for a purpose. I ask you to open up your heart. And as you listen to the other ministers and things like this, let God speak to you. What was the uh, title of our, uh, the phrase, our slogan? Discovering God's word for you. And I believe God has a word for every one of you. Also, Karen B. Wright just raised her hand, and I need to let you know that Karen and Ron, you guys stand up right here. They are here with the camera someplace. Where are you set up? Uh, right. They can meet us in the lobby. In, in all right, they're going to be in different places. But anyway, they are going to be doing interviews. And, you know, we've had some miraculous testimonies of people's lives being changed. And what we do is they uh, video this and they put them on blogs on our website. Sometimes we make like a healing journeys out of it and things like this. I know we got some people right here from the Philippines. And this, this is a miraculous story right here. And I've heard it, but I've slept since then. I hope to hear it again and get the whole details. But if you've been blessed and have a story that would bless others related to this ministry, then we would like to ask you to meet with um, Karen here and let them uh, film Ron and Karen and let them film that. Amen. Let's turn over to Mark chapter four. And this is discovering God's word for you. And you know, there are specific words that God has about every person's life and his direction for you. And I could spend a long time on this. I got a teaching entitled How to Find, Follow, and Fulfill God's Will. And it is really powerful. This is what turned my life around, is God's specific word for each one of us. And none of us are a mistake. Whether your parents knew you were coming or not, God planned you and everything about you is planned. Now that doesn't mean that he's gonna force you into his plan. You have total freedom to accept or reject, but God does have a purpose and a plan for your life. And God never planned on anybody to be a failure. His plans are good. In uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. God has awesome plans. If you don't wake up in the morning, just like, wow, thank you, Jesus, for another day. What are you gonna do today? then you hadn't found God's will for your life. Because I guarantee you, it's exciting serving the Lord. It's not always easy. There are bumps in the road, amen. But it is exciting. And I tell you what, God has an awesome plan. If your life isn't just exciting, then you hadn't found that specific plan. And we will be talking about that. I'm sure that some of the people will be dealing specifically with that. But what I wanna do is to share with you 
that God, ha you know, God has a general plan for every single person's life. And that plan is revealed directly through the Word of God. And I could say it this way, why would God show you His specific plan for your life if you aren't obeying the revealed general plan that's already mapped out? And I think this is why a lot of people miss what God's will for them is, is because they are saying, oh God, do you want me to go travel around the world? Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do this? And first of all, he wants you to love your wife and he wants you to tithe and he wants you to do what the word says and you're willing to go around the world, but you wouldn't go across the street to witness to your neighbor. And you know what? That's not the way that you find God's will. You do what God has shown you to do. And as you do this, there's a number of things that happen, but one of them is that you become usable. As you start obeying the Word of God, then the Word of God starts changing you and putting you in a position where God can reveal His will to you. But you know, if God would reveal His will to many of you right now and show you what His long-term plan for your life is, you wouldn't, and I'm not saying this to be critical, I'm just saying this is generally true of everybody, you wouldn't have the character and the maturity to fulfill it. You would blow the whole thing. Thank you for that one amen. <laughs> not very many people were excited about that. That's not meant to be a criticism. I'm just telling you, if the Lord, you know, the Lord revealed to me in 1968, He revealed Himself first, and I just intuitively was so in love with the Lord that I immediately said, I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to take what God's done with me and share it with others. And I knew I was going to be in the ministry. I didn't know any details. And as things went along, I began to start dreaming that it was going to be a ministry that literally would affect the world. And I began to start getting more clarity. But if God would have shown me, say, 35 years ago, what he's speaking to me now and telling me to build a Bible college campus that's going to endure long beyond me if Jesus tarries. And if he'd have shown these things to me before he even straightened my doctrine out and got me to preach in the grace of God and on and on, did you know I'd have blown the entire thing? Or I'd have been so overwhelmed by it, I'd have run the other direction. <laughs> if somebody would have told me that I had to have $32 million in three years on top of my $2 million a month budget. So what does that amount to? $2 million a month is what? $24 million a year over three years is $72 million I had to have to keep things running. And on top of that, we got another $32 million extra to do that. If he would have told me this a few years back, I'd have said, God... <laughs> This is more than I can do. But you know what? I've been growing and walking with the Lord. And so anyway, I, I could keep talking about this, but my point is that until you start taking the revealed Word of God and understand how important God's Word is and until you start applying it to your life and letting it work in you and grow you and mature you, you can't get God's total will. You may get some impressions, but if God was to show you what it, your life is all about, you'd blow the whole thing or you'd be so intimidated, you'd run the other direction. I tell you, all of us serve an awesome God. He's a good God. He's a big God. He's not a small thinker. And until you get your mind renewed and get to where you can walk in faith and believe for things beyond yourself, you would literally, if the Lord spoke some things to you that he asked for your life, you'd say, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. That's not God. 
you'd actually wind up go to rebuking the Lord and saying, that's the devil. There's a lot of things that has to happen. So I say all of this as introduction that you've got to, first of all, get the revealed Word of God. Let the Holy Spirit start speaking to you through the Word and let the Word start impacting you. And that is like the foundation. That's, the, that's what enables you to receive all of the specific direction from God. And most people, uh, you know, when you hear God speak to you specifically what He wants you to do and you do it, and then people see things like this building. We've had so many people come in and say, wow, look what God's done. This is just a little, small reflection of many, many other things that God has done. And there's people that get impressed over this that weren't impressed at all over the other things God's done in my life. And anyway, I'm just trying to say that we, we are carnal. We look at this. We want to see the big picture, but we don't want to be bothered with just doing what the Word says and living by the Word and stuff. And that's the very thing that hinders you. It keeps God from revealing Himself. So what I want to share with you during my sessions is just about the importance of the Word of God to your everyday life. And you know, this is a Bible college. Believe it or not, most Bible colleges and seminaries never use the Bible. We've actually had people graduate from four years of seminary and come here. And as we start teaching, they've t I've had people tell me, we never opened the Bible. We read books about the Bible. We read other people's opinion of the Bible, but we re never read the Bible. And you know what? This is a Bible college. If you want to know what we're about, it's all between these pages. And we are going to take people who have uh, decades worth of experience with the Word of God changing them, and they will just share with you how God changed them and how it can benefit you. But I mean, this is a Bible college. In my opinion, the number one thing that will affect your Christian life and affect your destiny and affect God uh, getting His perfect will accomplished in your life, the number one thing is the Word of God absolutely without any exception. And so even if you don't feel called to the ministry, you know, we've got a business school now in our third year and we're doing a lot of other things. We've got projects going where there's people, you know, there's all kinds of ministry besides just behind a pulpit or on a stage. The people who film my television program, I couldn't do what I do if it wasn't for them. Every one of them is a full-time minister. They are as much in the ministry as I am. Every person that cleans our toilets, God gave us a good building. And if we let it go to just pot, it's hard to say that in Colorado now because <laughs> we have gone to pot. But if we let this building just go to pot, you know what? God's not going to bless me and give me another building to trash. The people that clean this facility are important. And I don't know if you'll notice, here's a piece of paper on the floor right here. One of you visitors must have done that because uh, our people keep this place clean. God gave us a good building. And we look, at it, we look at this as stewards. You know, I've told people before, some people are praying for a brand new car and why would God give you a new car to trash? You don't wash the one you have. You got French fries under the seat. The thing is filthy. Some, somebody can't even put your feet on the floor because there's something there. And, Yet you're praying for God to give you something new to trash. That's not stewardship. And some of you think, well, boy, you are really opinionated. And 
I'm telling you, these are biblical attitudes. He says, if you aren't faithful with a few things, who will give you rulership over more? If you aren't faithful with another man's, who will give you your own vision? See, these are all scriptural principles. And so anyway, my point is that, see, there's a lot of people that they just don't let the word of God get in the way of what they believe. And yet they're wanting God to send them around the world. And I'm telling you, it's because God loves you and loves the people that he wants you to minister to so much that he hasn't shown you his will yet because he doesn't want you to go out and hurt people and abuse people. And he wants you to have the right message. So again, most people look beyond this, but I'm trying to redivert your attention and tell you the most important thing that will ever happen to your spiritual growth is to love the Word of God and get to where the Word of God literally dominates your thinking, your decisions, the way you act, the way you react. The Word of God has to control your life. None of us do it perfectly. Man, I've been seeking the Lord with everything I've got for 46 years. Come Sunday will be 46 years. I have been seeking God with everything. I've been born again for 56 years. But you know what? I, I still don't do things perfectly. I'm not saying that you have to be perfect, but I'm saying you have to have a commitment to try it. But we all are human. We are not, none of us are perfect and God is gracious. But you have to make a commitment. And there's a lot of people that have never made the word of God first place in your life. If you come to Karis Bible College, you will either make that decision and put God's word first or you won't last. Amen because we're going to be in your face with this is what the Word of God says. And we're going to make application. You know, we've started some new classes this year. And uh, it's really in response to David Barton. I was with him a year ago in May, I think it was, or something. And I was in Washington, D.C. And I was so encouraged with all of the senators and the congressmen and women that came and spoke to us and the people that love God and I, I went up to David and I said, you know what? I was so pessimistic about all you hear is all the bad news and the terrible stuff that's happening. And I said, this is encouraging. And he spoke to me and he said, you know what? You listen to the 10 Spies Network. <laughs> Boy, that really... And I, whether you know it or not, we've all been influenced by the 10 spies more than by the two spies with the good report. I ministered on this at our minister's conference back in February, our minister's association. And uh, anyway, uh, I just decided that, you know what, there's a lot of people out there. And David was telling me, I forgot the exact percentage now, but I think he's, what was it, 80% of Christian kids that go to college lose their faith within the first year of college. And I was just overwhelmed. I didn't know, I'd never heard anybody say percentages. I don't even know that what he said was right, but I do know that it happens a lot. And because of that, we've retooled our first year program a little bit. And this year we brought in a person from Answers in Genesis to teach on creationism versus evolution. We brought our own staff taught on uh, Christian morality, biblical morality, which, you know, it's, uh, a generation ago, biblical morality was more or less the law in our society. And people that weren't even Christians had biblical standards. Now, they may not have lived up to it, but they knew what they were. We got a generation now that honestly doesn't see a thing wrong with sleeping with another person before you get born, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Married. <laughs> they don't see anything wrong with that. There's people that think that lying 
and stealing and doing things are okay and values, our society has changed. And so we are teaching biblical morality and biblical standards about things. Uh, we also are teaching, what was the third thing, Gary? Oh, God and country. We had David Barton come in and, and re, uh, you know, educate us on uh, how this country was founded and what, what it really is all about. Because I was raised in the conservative South and my, Christ, my teachers were Christian and we prayed in school and I thought, man, I had a really good education. But as he began to share things and he's got, I forget the exact number, but 250,000 original documents from the early founding fathers, the largest private collection in the world. And he goes back and shows these things. I was duped over the way this nation was founded and some of the things, and many people are. So anyway, my point is we are going to take the Bible and apply it to politics. We're going to take the Bible and apply it to morality. We teach on uh, abortion or not for, on abortion against it, teach on pro-life, and we share things from Scripture. And some people think, well, I just thought you were going to be a Bible school and not get into these political issues. The Bible covers every one of these things. And we've got to get to where we are grounded, not only so that we can say, well, I believe this, but you can defend your beliefs so that you could stand and make a difference. And so that's what this is all about. Have you found Mark chapter four yet? <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a really long introduction, but what I want to share with you is how important the word of God is. And in Mark chapter four, also this is recorded in, um, I don't know, it's in all of the gospels. There were parables that Jesus taught about the tares and the wheat, about the woman that lost a coin and went and sought for it, about the mustard seed is smallest of all seeds, but it produces the largest herb bearing tree. And he taught 10 parables. You have to combine all of the gospels to be able to fully understand this. And if you put all of this together, this is actually the most teaching that we have from Jesus in one day of his ministry that's recorded in scripture. He taught 10 different parables and every one of them was about the word of God and how important the word was. And in the first part of Mark chapter four, he taught on the parable of the sower sowing the seed. And it was just basically that a man went out and it wasn't like we sow seed today where they you know, make a furrow and then space their seeds and water it to get a maximum increase. He was talking about a man that just had a, like a sack on his side and he took this seed and he just scattered it and broadcast it. And it landed on four different types of ground and only one out of the four types ever brought forth fruit. And he talked about why only one out of four brought forth fruit. After he gave this parable, his disciples says, why do you speak unto these people in parables? And he explained it. And let me go back to verse 13. And I'm only taking a part of his explanation, but this is Mark chapter four. And in verse 13, he said unto them, know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables? This is significant. This is the Lord saying that if you don't understand this parable, you can't understand any parable. In other words, this is a key. The teaching that he gave here about the sower sowing the seed is a key to understanding everything. And then the next verse begins to start unlocking this revelation. It says the sower sows the word. He was not really talking about how to be a good farmer 
and teaching you how to sow seed. He was using seed as an example of the Word of God. The seed that he was speaking of is the Word of God. And before I get into any of these parables, I'm going to try and cover two of these parables during the times that I teach during this campus days. But uh, before I get into them, it's really important to recognize that it's significant that he chose a seed to illustrate how the kingdom of God works. This is big. Because, you know, if he would have taken anything, like here we are in a school. Did you know you can cheat at school? You can beat the system. We have tests. I'm not big on tests, but, you know, to get the VA approval and to, you know, try and help conform to things, we, we give tests. But I tell people all the time, the real test is coming when you graduate and go out here. <laughs> and, and we'll see whether you learned anything or not. So that's the test that I'm concerned about. But we do give tests. And you know what? You can cheat. You could not pay attention. You could not really do anything. And then the night before, we give reviews and we try and help every person to be as successful as they possibly can. And you know what? You could not pay attention and you could just take that review. You could cram this information into your short-term memory, come and pass the test. And yet you didn't pass the test. You didn't learn a thing. See, a social system, a man-made system can be cheated. But you can't cheat a harvest. You can't wait until the night before and say, I'm going to start sowing. And man, you're going to fast and pray and believe God. And boom, here is your harvest. It doesn't work that way. There is a seed, time, and harvest involved in the natural realm. And the Lord, by using this example, is saying that this, the Word of God is to the kingdom of God as important as seeds are to this natural world. That's a huge statement. And because we're removed from, you know, we used to be an agricultural society and now there's a lot of people that think that your groceries come from the grocery store. That's not where they come from. That may be where you go get them, but they, you know, grow in the ground. People used to know this. People used to plant and everybody knew these things. And if you want a crop, you got to plant a seed. Used to, you couldn't go to the grocery store and just buy it. You had to learn this law that if you want uh, a crop, you've got to take some of the seed that you could have eaten and you've got to put it in the ground and you've got to sow it. And see, people understood this. I think all of us intellectually know it, but we don't really think about it much. But the Word of God is to the kingdom of God the same way that seeds are to this natural world. Did you know that you wouldn't exist if it wasn't for a seed? You started as a seed. And that seed had to be sown. Every animal started as a seed. And that seed had to be sown. Every plant, every tree started as a seed. Did you know that life as we know it on the earth doesn't exist without seeds? And if a person was to go you know, take a piece of ground and go to praying over it and just lay down out there and fast and pray and do all of these things and beg and plead with God for a crop. But if they didn't plant a seed, you would think that is foolish. We don't do that. But in the spiritual realm, this is done every single day. There are people that are praying for God to heal them and they couldn't even quote a scripture. They'll say, well, someplace, is it in the New Testament or... Old, someplace it's something about by the stripes of Jesus where you're healed. You know what? You don't get pregnant by standing next to a man. 
There has to be a little bit more interaction in that. I'm not going to teach on this. Hopefully everybody understands what I'm talking about. But you know what? You got to have a little bit more intimacy with a man than just standing next to him or getting a, a letter from him or something like that. Amen. Likewise, if you say, well, I think someplace, doesn't it say something? You aren't going to get pregnant. The Word of God's not going to release its power until you know the Word of God. And I mean, in the Bible, the word know, it says Adam knew his wife Eve and she conceived and bore a son. And then Cain knew his wife. In the Bible, the word know is talking about more than knowledge. It's talking about an intimacy, an experiential knowledge. Until the Word of God gets to where it's alive on the inside of you, you've taken it and planted it in your heart just knowledge of the Word of God is not enough. It's got to become experiential. You've got to have an intimate relationship, an intercourse with the Word of God. And this is super important. Again, people don't pray over bare ground and then get disappointed when a crop doesn't come, but people will pray, God, heal me. And you don't know what the Word says about healing. You don't understand that, man, you've got death and life in the power of your tongue. Proverbs 18, 21, and we aren't using our tongue for life. We're sitting here, somebody says, how are you doing? Oh, I'm dying. The doctor says, I'm gonna be dead. I hurt, I got that. And you are killing yourself. You're planting bad seeds instead of good seeds. And there's people that just ignore all of this stuff, but they prayed and they asked God to heal them and then they can't understand why they aren't healed. God, why isn't my marriage working? God, why aren't things working? And they don't, it's like they don't have a clue. They come to God like, God, what's wrong with you? I'm telling you that the kingdom of God op or operates off of the word of God the way that this natural realm operates off of seeds. And in the same way as you wouldn't exist if somebody hadn't planted a seed, Trees wouldn't exist, your food wouldn't exist, your animals wouldn't exist if there, somebody hadn't planted a seed. Likewise, in the kingdom of God, the reason for barrenness and lack of results is a lack of knowing what the Word of God says. This is the most important thing that God ever gave us. Absolutely. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, don't be conformed to this world. In other words, don't be like everybody else but be transformed. The word transform is a word we get metamorphosis from. If you want to change like a worm spins a cocoon and comes out a butterfly. Is there anybody that would like to see something change in your life? You would like to see things start working and you've probably been praying for it, but it says you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the word of God is given to renew our mind. I'm telling you, this is the most important thing you could do. And whether you feel called to a, you know, a pulpit ministry or not, I can guarantee you, if you came to Bible college and started learning the Word of God, your marriage would improve. We've got lots of testimonies of people's marriages that were on the rocks and they came to Bible school and it transformed them and they're totally changed. Uh, we've got people that have been healed of incurable diseases. We got Kurt. I don't know if he's here someplace. Are you here, Kurt? Where's Kurt? Look at that man right there. And last September when he came, he had cancer and he had trouble even sitting in class, but he came to get the word. And I think, I may get some of the details wrong, but over the Christmas break, I mean, over the Thanksgiving holidays, he got so bad that he wasn't able to return. The doctors told him he had just hours to live. He was totally incapacitated. I mean, he was gone. They were talking like you got hours 
to live. And he and his wife stood on the Word. And today this man is totally healed. Transformed. Thank you, Jesus. If you need healing, I tell you, you need to get the Word in you. It doesn't matter if you ever stand behind the pulpit or not. You'll leave this place well. Man, if you're depressed and discouraged, I couldn't tell you how many people have come here who used to fight things and yet now they're just transformed. The Word of God, it doesn't matter what you are called to do, what your plans are. Two years in Bible college or as Greg says, it's a three-year school. I've been saying two years. But um, you come to Bible college, it's not wasted time. You'll be a better carpenter. You'll be a better plumber. You'll be a better housewife, husband, parent. Preparation time is never wasted time. I guarantee you, it'll transform you. And whatever it is that God wants you to do, as you take the Word, that Word will begin to start bringing forth this growth. The Word of God is absolutely essential. Some of you are probably sitting there thinking, now wait a minute, I know people that don't know the Word and they just prayed and they got healed. Or somebody came and laid hands on them. This isn't the only way you can receive of God. This is important that you understand this. I believe that the reason God gave certain people to the body of Christ, such as apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, and there are some people that have a gift of healing and the gifts of miracle, the gifts of healings and the gift of miracles. The reason some people have that is because if the only way you could receive from God was to take the word like a seed and plant it in your heart, and if that was the only way that you could receive then what would happen to a person that comes forward today and gets born again and yet they've only got a week to live? It would be impossible to sow the seed and get your harvest and that person would just be destined to die. And because of God's great love for us, there are certain people in the body of Christ that operate in supernatural ministry gifts and you can get healed off of another person's faith and anointing. And praise God for that. But it was never intended to be a substitute. There aren't enough of those people. And plus, it's just wrong that you have to follow somebody all over the country and follow them and go to their meetings when God Almighty lives on the inside of you. This isn't the only way to receive from God, but it's the best way. It's the most consistent way. It's one that works every single time. It never fails People are people, and even if they have a supernatural anointing on their life, there's times that they get into the flesh. There's times that they do things and they sin and their ministries fail. And you just can't depend on the person to always be there. You know what? There's many of you that, and I'm saying this in love, but there's many of you that have been bootlegging the gospel off me. You don't study the word but you just listen to me and man, God's using that and speaking to you and praise God that God's anointed people to be a teacher because if we all, I've been in this for 46 years with everything I've got and if all of us just had to take 46 years to get to where I am, uh, some of you had not got that many years yet left. Yeah, amen. <laughs> so you can learn from me and it'll jumpstart you and you can cover in a few years what it's taken me 46 years to cover, but there's still the principle of seed, time, and harvest. And so there's nothing wrong with you learning from another person, but to get to where you depend upon another person. And if you ever go out of here saying, well, Andrew Womack says, or Paul Milligan said, or Gary Lukey said, 
Man, we don't want anybody leaving this school quoting us. We want people to know what the Word of God says and this is God's Word and you have a revelation of it. You can use another person. That's what we're here for is to help you, but it's really to teach you how to get into the Word of God. So I'm saying all of this by way of introduction. I'm a long-winded introdu introducer. But I'm telling you, the Word of God is the most important thing that will ever happen in your life. It's a seed. It's a supernatural seed that has unlimited power and potential. And again, most Christians believe I've got to pray harder. I've got to fast more. I've got to live right. I've got to do this. And there's benefit to every one of those things. But I'm telling you, it's all about the seed. The seed of God's word is what's going to change you. You know, I've got a rock out on my property that's taller than the high, highest part of this building. And I go, I've carved a little chair out on it, chiseled it out. And I sit up on that rock and watch everybody as they pass by. I like it. <laughs> but I, I sit up on top of that rock. But did you know that on that rock, it's got little dips in it where water collected and then dirt blew in and it formed a little bit of dirt and ground in there. And then a seed somehow or another got in that thing and seeds have sprouted. And there are trees growing out of this huge, this boulder is bigger than this room. And there are trees growing out that have split the boulder in two. One little tiny seed has split that gigantic boulder. That's not even comparable to how powerful God's Word is. God's Word, if you would put it in your heart, it will germinate and it takes time, but that seed will produce whatever miracle you need. If you need healing, take the healing seeds and plant them in your heart. If you need finances, take the finance seeds and plant them in your heart. If you need joy and peace, take the ones on, on emotions and plant them in your heart. God's Word will produce anything that you need. Everything is covered in God's Word. There is not a thing that you could ever encounter that God's Word hadn't already taught you how to do it. And it's because of a lack of knowledge that people are perishing. That's it. It's not because of a lack of prayer and a lack of fasting and a lack of these things. Those things are important and they have their place. I can't put everything I know into its perfect balance in one service. I'm not saying that we don't do those things, but I'm saying that everything is useless if there isn't the seed. You can water bare ground. You can fertilize it. You can till the ground. You can sit there and pray over it. But if you didn't plant the seed, nothing's going to grow. You've got to plant the seed. And then there's other things you can do to increase the output of that seed, but you've got to plant the seed. And I'm telling you, the body of Christ as a whole is perishing for a lack of knowledge. And it seems like that most of the knowledge that's in the body of Christ is not the right knowledge. You know, this is another point I'll make as I get into these parables eventually. But one of the points I'll be making is that your heart doesn't care what seed is sown in it. God made your heart that whatever your heart is focused on, it will produce life to that. It will take that seed. And if your heart is focused on fear, if it's focused on bitterness, if you're focused on what people have done to you, if you're focused on 
you know, that what this world focuses on and all of the lying and the stealing and the killing and the adultery. And if that's what you're focused on, it'll begin to start bringing forth those desires on the inside of you. Your heart doesn't care what is planted. Just like ground, it doesn't matter. Ground doesn't care what seed you plant in it. Just put it in there and that ground will start giving nourishment to that and it'll help that seed to germinate. God made us that whatever your heart is focused on, it will bring forth. And sadly, the body of Christ, I don't believe, this is my opinion, but I don't believe that we've been focused on the true gospel. We have been focused on God's angry at you, God's mad at you, God's the one that gave you sickness, God's punishing you, God's trying to teach you something. It's all about performance until you do these things. God won't bless you. Those are the wrong seeds. That's not what the Bible teaches. And because of that, we have brought forth fear, and we've brought forth all of these things that God never intended for us to have. And so you've got to, some, some cases, we've got to plow the ground, get rid of the bad seeds and plant the good seeds. But I'm telling you, this is just a fact in the kingdom that the word of God is to the kingdom of God like seeds are to life on this planet. And life wouldn't exist if it wasn't for seeds. An abundant life in the Lord doesn't exist if you don't have seed or the right seed in the ground. You know, I'm assuming we are going to give an invitation sometime. It may be tonight. This is more of a class setting, but I'm assuming that most of the people here are born again. If you aren't, we will give you an opportunity to get born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I'm assuming that most people here are born again. And born again is awesome. That changes your inside. But that doesn't affect your life unless you renew your mind is what Romans 12, 2 says. You get transformed. You change from a worm to a butterfly, something that's earthbound to something that's beautiful and can fly. You get transformation through the renewing of your mind. And that's the word of God. When you got born again, your little spirit is perfect, but your head is the same. And you've got to renew your mind. And that's what the Word of God is given to us for. In uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, in verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of Him that has called you to glory and virtue. Or excuse me, I, through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's knowledge that gives you grace and peace. Grace doesn't come without you understanding and an ability to accept it. It's not normal. It's counterintuitive. You have to have a revelation from the Holy Spirit that comes through the Word. And then the next verse says, in verse 3, it says, According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. Man, that's a huge statement right there. All things. If I could sit down and talk to every one of you in here, I can guarantee you there's people that came here were sick in their body, needing a healing. There's people that came depressed, needing the encouragement. There's people that came just their life is falling apart. There's, there's a million needs in this room. And there's people came with all of these things. I'm telling you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. If it has to do with you living or being godly, everything is contained in the word of God. It comes through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Man, that's a huge statement right there. 
And if you really understand that, then that means if you're sick, you got a knowledge problem. Are you poor? You got a knowledge problem. Are you depressed? You got a knowledge problem. Are you bitter? You got a knowledge problem. People say, no, my problem is what people did to me. No, it's not. You can't control other people, but you can control yourself. Nobody can hurt you without your consent and cooperation. The only people that'll ever let you down are the ones that you lean on. And if you get to where you're leaning on Jesus and he is the only thing it takes in your life, you can get to where it doesn't matter what anybody else does to you. You can rejoice at any time, all of the time. All things that pertain unto life and godliness are given unto us through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. In the next verse, if you put that up there, I'm not sure I quote that exactly right. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Man, those are awesome scriptures. The knowledge of God is what gives us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And the knowledge of God is what gave us these exceeding great and precious promises that through these we can partake of God's divine nature. Isn't this awesome? And the whole world, sadly, even much of the church world is sitting here saying, well, we're only human. I'm just a man. I'm just a woman. What can I expect? You can expect to be partakers of the divine nature if you get into the Word of God. Well, but it's flu season. Man, there is no season when your nature of God won't manifest in your life. But I'm, I'm over 50. Moses was 120 years old and his natural force wasn't abated or his eyesight dim. You get to where you start walking in the Word of God, it'll produce health in your body, it'll produce wealth, it'll produce joy, it'll give you a resilience that you can withstand problems that make other people crumble and give up. I'm telling you, the Word of God is everything. It's the foundation of everything. And unless you love the Word of God more than you love yourself, you aren't going to prosper. So I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we're going to do everything we can this weekend to convince you that the Word of God should be absolute, final authority, first place in your life. You need to give more effort to this than you do making a living, anything else. Man, and if you would do that, if you ever get committed to the Word of God like that, I guarantee you the devil's hurting for certain. Because this seed has power in it that can split whatever it is that has clogged up your pipes, that has kept the power of God from flowing. It'll deal with everything physical, emotional. It'll, it'll solve your problems. And you know, I, I've only got just a couple of minutes left, but real quickly, I want to say that I know this is true because the Word teaches it, because I've lived it, but I also see this as we travel all over the world. We got 40 Bible colleges now scattered all over the world. And I've been in the darkest corner of Africa. I've been in Europe. I've been all over these places. And I see people that in some of these places have never heard me because the materials weren't translated into their language. So they never heard me. They had to have some student who had gotten a revelation of these truths go out and teach it. The people didn't even know who I was. They had never heard my name. And yet they were standing up giving testimonies of how the Lord had changed them. And their testimony was nearly identical to what God has done in my life. 
It was the Word of God that changed them, not a personality, not a specific anointing. I'm telling you, it's a Bible college. The Word of God's what will change your life. And the good news is that any one of you, I don't care if you're ugly, if you're old, if you're young, if you're fat, if you're short, it doesn't matter about any of these things. It's the Word of God that changes people's lives. This is the only way I ever got to where I would agree with God to go into the ministry because I was such an introvert and I was so scared. I couldn't look at a person in the face and talk to him. And God got it across to me that he used a donkey one time and it wasn't because the donkey was special. He says, it's the word. And he gave me a scripture, Jeremiah 5, 14, because you speak this word, I'll make my word in your mouth fire and the people would and it shall devour them. And what changed me was I started understanding the power of the Word and any good thing that's ever happened in my life came because of God's Word. This ought to be an encouragement to you. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. If I was God, I wouldn't have chosen me. But you know what? The Word of God will work and I don't care who you are. I don't care what your limitations are. The Word of God is the key. If that's true, then commit yourself to the Word of God and the Word of God will flow through you. And it's not about you and your great personality. It's all about the power of God's word. Isn't that awesome? So we're going to put some word in you this week. Amen. And I hope it just does so much for you that you want to come back and sit under this all of the time. You're dismissed. We hope your heart has been quickened by hearing the word of God through this message. It's the faithful support of people like you who make this ministry possible. We invite you to prayerfully consider becoming a partner with Andrew Womack Ministries. We maintain a website at awmi.net. Our helpline number is 719-635-1111, or you can write us at P.O. Box 3333, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80934. Until next time, we pray that you'll reach out by faith and receive everything that's yours through God's grace.